Hi guys, my name is Brian. And I'm Tristan. I'm Caleb. And we are three men and their shower thoughts. Thank you for joining our show today. Uh, today we are going to talk about remake slash nostalgia and is cable dead? And what does it mean with all these streaming sites? So, uh, Tristan, would you like to kick it off? I sure can. So like you said, we'll start with nostalgia and mainly... I guess my main point will be nostalgia talks. Um, as in, TikTok's about nostalgia. So, I guess first off, do you guys see these? I don't know, when you're online, do you see any, like, a lot of nostalgic content? Yes, sir. Um, you see it a lot with, like, uh, I see it in, uh, on Facebook videos, how they, like, bring, are bringing back, like, old music stuff, like, old music from, I don't know, the 90s. Um, I've seen it, like, from afar, I guess. Like, when my wife watches TikToks, I'll see something that is from a long time ago. Um, I do see a lot of, like, I don't even know if this is nostalgia, but, like, recycling of old memes. We may get into that, but... That's interesting. That's not something I thought about, um, kind of, like, in preparation for this. But, yeah, definitely. You see, like, the recycling of memes and stuff. So, and then music, too, is, like, so true. You see nostalgic TikToks about those, too. The one thing that I kind of, like, was basing this also off of is the, I guess the TikTok structure was point of view. You grew up in the early 2000s, and then it would, you know, have a couple images of things from that time. So one of them showed, like, the cart with the TV on it and the VHS player inside a classroom. Other things were, um, like, those CD or the CD or DVD characters where it like, not characters, carriers, kind of like the cases where it had a, it was like a multi-pack where you could store those. Um, it showed like Spongebob playing. It had like the silly bands, the shaped rubber bands you wore on your wrists. It had like old school desks, like the wooden top and like the, the metal black, like undercarriage where you can put your stuff in it. Gumball machines, the Flintstones vitamins, things like that. Um, pediatricians. I'm getting overwhelmed. <laughs> exactly. So, so the next thing I did was go to the comments and just kind of see what kind of comments would be on these types of posts. Like, what is it? Like, why does it, you know, why is this so popular? Because these had like millions and millions of views. Like they were showed and like, you know, with the algorithm in your For You page, they get like shown to you. So these things, like I said, are just doing huge numbers. I guess, what do you guys think the impact um, of these like nostalgic TikToks, what impact do you think that has on people? Hmm. Um, I think the impact is something of like comfort that someone else out there in the world on TikTok sees and remembers the same things as you. And then at the same time, um, I don't know. I think it gives people a sense of like, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, reassurance. Yeah, I guess. And then also too, like, brings back memories. Um, it generates ideas of like other things people may have seen. Yeah, for me personally, I think it just kind of, as Caleb said a little bit about, um, kind of unifies. Like we all had pretty much the same childhood in a way, which is crazy to think about. Especially like for me, I always see like, um. You're the passenger on your mom's van or something, and then you look out the window and you like see a running man. 
and you think that's just you that came up with it but other people have also had that same experience which is kind of crazy to think about too i don't know if any of you have ever oh are you talking about like imagining a man running yeah yeah running yeah or like or like a skateboard okay yeah i was just about to say for me like if i was driving in a car i still do it to this day i'll like imagine like a a tony hawk trick line (laughs) and apparently other people did that too and i think that's so cool because it really is like the most mundane things too that people will see and i feel like there's almost like a um um, I don't know, when, when people are like creating their content, they're looking for th- those really mundane things that like we all experience, but you're just trying to like happen upon one that like everyone, you know, had so that like your post can pop off. But it's interesting. I think that's what I definitely noticed. Some of the comments were a lot of them were, like tagging other people in it. So they're sharing it. And a lot of people are like sharing their age. It's like, oh, yeah, like shout out to 2002 kids. Like, oh, yeah, everyone born in 1998. So I think it's definitely unifying. Which I think is something important and, you know, valuable in this day and age. But I think it also can, like, divide people. I think it kind of feeds into that whole um, kind of like the generational divide that we have now, Gen Z, Millennials, etc. Um, I feel like that just comes down to what you remember, what's nostalgic, especially when it comes to, like, Millennials versus Gen Z. Us, personally, are, like, kind of in between that. Exactly. Um, and so we can kind of see both sides, but I feel like it just comes down to what's nostalgic for you. Kind of touching based on what you said, um, you kind of are like, who had who had the better movies? Who has the better music? You know, was time simpler back in the you know the '90s versus the 2000s? Like people are always trying to kind of pick up a pick a fight between what was best, right? Um, and try to claim it as their own. Maybe it is a way, to kind of, I don't know, not unified, but like be a part of a part of something bigger in a way like oh yeah i'm a gen z or like sometimes people take pride on that or sometimes say oh i'm a millennial and or vice versa you know i have noticed um especially like with younger siblings of mine that there's like a a technological divide between like our generation and the generation that came after us like kids that are younger and what I mean by that is we grew up in a time where like we had to figure out our own technology and like our parents might have known how to use it, but like depending on how old your parents were, like the culture around it, they may have not been able to help you. So you had to figure out a lot on your own. And then this next generation of kids has grown up in like this tech culture of like simplifying everything and i think that's like kind of detrimental in some ways but i think that nostalgia kind of plays into that because it's like oh you guys didn't have cds like you don't understand and i think that's that goes back to like from every generation like grandparents saying well you didn't have cassette tapes or i don't know um records but it kind of just um it's interesting to look at it from like a advancement and like tech. Yeah. And I think cause we're, I feel like that's why I feel like our generation or at least our age, that kind of gap in between Gen Z and millennial is so interesting because like we didn't like, we remember a time distinctly before like smartphones and touchscreens. So we kind of had both. And I think that is interesting. I didn't really consider the impact of like 
how well versed in technology your parents are because our parents you know they experienced technology with us it was all brand new you know we were there for like the it's onset and so were they versus you have like millennial parents now raising like these young kids that are really good with technology and their parents probably have a good idea too of like what you know is going on just because they've been here for a while they they're young enough to kind of like take into it really well versus like you know the older generation that are just kind of like setting their ways and like i don't touch that but even seeing them like navigate like facetime and stuff has been interesting part of it's that they are better with the technology of today but the bar is a lot lower in a way so like there's a lot less problem solving going on with figuring out how to use an iphone when compared to figuring out how to use like windows vista or xp or something like it's like there's like a crucial difference in like the amount of work involved to like figure something out and i've noticed that like it at least on like the perspective of like education it kind of hinders kids um you guys know but if there's anybody listening i'm a substitute teacher and a lot of these kids will use like voice to text and like things like that and if they need to use it that's one thing but like there's just a a big divide in like what is necessary and how far kids will go to like solve a problem because it's technology has just gotten a lot easier to use these days kind of touching base on caleb saying like kids use like voice attacks um you know it's it's kind of crazy to think about because like me growing up having something that had voice attacks was like i don't know maybe like something you saw on your parents phone compared to like your flip phone you never had that but it kind of makes it could the good i guess you know it's it's easier to do things but i guess the bad about it is that could you say that we're also getting lazier in a way because it's like instead of typing um what you want to say you're just kind of saying it you know what i mean um like for example you could say this about the show right we're we're all three in different places it makes it easier for us to connect but if we want to take it like maybe like five or maybe 10 years back it's we would have probably have to be in the same place kind of have to have our own uh you know rooms or whatever um just to kind of record something like this so you could see both sides of the of the coin i guess in terms of that i think so too i think there's definitely like some skills that we're losing because you could say like we are losing some of those social skills like making enough eye contact and like sitting in the same room and talking to people i've caught myself i mean even for myself it being awkward you know being up close to somebody and like talking to them just because i feel like i've lost those social skills like and part of that is being a pandemic and whatnot but then also it's it's like using calculators you know that's a piece of technology we've all gone accustomed to but there's there was a time you know when people in school they were expected to do this like this long division or extremely large multiplication problems or use fractions and they could do it with pencil and paper those are skills we've lost that just haven't become necessary because we have the technology to use it and so is it a good or bad thing necessarily that we're using calculators i think we're kind of seeing that now with the new technology um that's coming out kind of like the text to voice and things like that there was actually an article i just saw i wrote down for maybe a later topic on this podcast that was um talking about ai and people they were this university i can't think of the name right now was looking into if somebody wrote a paper wrote 49 percent of the paper and ai wrote well they wrote 51 percent. they wrote the majority of the paper but they used ai for the rest of it is that like bad or if somebody uses ai to write an entire essay 
but they coded the AI. Like, is that cheating? So things like that. I think that's interesting questions that especially like the educational system is going to have to address. And I think that, you know, it's something that Caleb's already seeing, you know, as a substitute teacher. Yeah, that's crazy. You bringing that up, Tristan, about like calculators and being able to use them. I mean, I mean, for me personally, uh, you know, I was able to do like going back to maybe nostalgia in a way, having those timetables like less than a minute or something like that you have to get so many done and whoever got them done the fastest got like to go to recess outside or something like that just something crazy as a reward and when you did that so often every friday it kind of like got your your mind thinking so quickly but then now we look in today's that for me personally i don't use a calculator or i don't do math in my head as often because i have a phone right Or, or i have a computer that has a calculator built in um so it's just for me, like the math skills are being lost um, in that in that way. But um, you know, you could also say to um, you know, for example, having your phone out in school was like a big no-no. When you know, having like a flip phone, if you got caught with the flip phone, it was like the end of the world. They would call your parents, and it's just like you couldn't. You're not supposed to have it. But now I hear that in middle school. Um, and even intermediate, you can have like your phone out during like recess and, you know, maybe emergencies. Um, and it's just so crazy that we were like kind of adjusting in that way. Personal story too. Um, I remember when I took the ACT um, and I had a smartwatch and that's when like smartwatches were not too big just yet. Um, and I remember that it had like a a calculator built into it uh and like uh obviously i didn't use it just fyi but everyone had like a big no-no on like cell phones nothing like that right but they never considered like a like a watch right so i think they might have adjusted the new rules again it's been forever since i've taken the act but i just think that's a little crazy but sorry tangent (laughs) that's uh it's interesting. Maybe you were the one that changed the rules, but <laughs> I think um, I had asked a couple of coworkers the other day to get back on the topic of like nostalgia. I was like, "What color is a trapezoid like in your mind, or what color is a triangle?" At first, they were like, "What are you talking about?" And then I was like, "Just name a color." And then a lot of people named the same color for the same shapes, like. Um, an equilateral triangle. Purple. Green. See, I said green too. What about a parallelogram? Uh, I don't know. I guess red. <laughs> yeah. When you get to like, I don't know, different shapes are kind of different. I don't know. But the they all said that they had played with like these little shapes, these like geometric shapes in school as kids. And, like, most people said that the triangle was green. And then, like, we all debated and argued over the other colors of different shapes. But um, I do think that nostalgia has its place when it comes to, like, starting conversations with people. I think it's, like, a really good starting point. Um, But the more nostalgia gets used in media, it almost becomes, like, a crutch. And I know, Tristan, you wanted to get into this a little bit, but... Yeah, I, I was 
I immediately thought of those, um, like the geometric like uh, toys that we played with, with, whatever the little shapes were. Because I remember like the hexagon was yellow. <laughs> so, but yeah, that. So yes, I'm back on the topic of nostalgia though. So basically, I saw the division. Like you kind of see like where the generations kind of divide in the comments. You also seeing like unified people sharing these like things and kind of that feeling of belong to something. I would say the other like set of comments I saw were like just really emotional or like longing. Um, like I'm sobbing, I'm crying. Oh, this makes me so happy. Oh, those are the good times. Things like that. I feel like that is what kind of goes to like the trauma of like just everything right now. Um, and so it kind of made me look into the idea of collective trauma, which is the idea that there's an impact um, that this that a traumatic incident can have not just on an individual but on like entire groups of people or communities or societies i mean it can manifest of course in like different and unique ways just in a similar way that depression or whatever else would manifest in individuals um but i think that's another reason why we're probably seeing nostalgia um just take a you know take hold on every aspect so that being said and kind of those ideas then why do you guys think remakes are doing so well? Do you think it's kind of the same reasons? Uh, the, and remakes as in like remaking of TV shows, remakes of movies, um, or even games. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I kind of say the same thing, but like, there's a reason it sells. And I think to kind of go back to the collective trauma thing, like it, it nostalgia, especially in like group settings, can be somewhat healing for people. Like I'm imagining like a family that, you know, goes through old photo books together. Like, and in a way, if let's say you went to see the new Spider-Man movie and you were with a group of people that love Spider-Man, have seen all the movies. It's like a, a little community of people that are, <laughs> I don't know what they would be healing from, but it's like, at least when I saw Spider-Man, it was like this, um, I don't know, you got a lot of people like yelling and cheering and like, it was this like group effort with people I have never met and will probably never meet in person. But like, I think part of the reason why remakes do so good is because it's familiar and a lot of people can like join together watch them and um yeah i mean the same thing like what caleb said i mean for me you know it, it just reminds you of a simpler time and maybe that's why it sells right because you just cut as you said earlier Tristan, people are crying people kind of uh you know they said they miss that part of their life and it's true because it, it could have just been a simpler life right maybe all their family members were with them at the time and now unfortunately they passed away or maybe that situation or that certain show or that certain I don't know activity toy or whatever might have gotten him through the through hard times so maybe when you go back in time it, it just brings back those i guess not those old wounds but in a way like it, it could you could say old wounds right because it could either be hurtful for you but i remember talking about spider-man which i know Tristan hasn't seen it i think maybe who knows yes. and again oh okay um but I remember for me personally, I remember that was like the first uh, superhero, superhero movie I, I went to go watch as a kid with my parents um, multiple times. I remember I went back like four times to the movie theaters and it was just a fun experience because not only did I get to see 
a superhero on the big screen and but also like i got to spend a quality time with my parents and that's probably one of like the couple times that i remember me personally that my parents were happy right unfortunately my parents are divorced um and seeing this movie now thinking about it in the way of like what we're talking about this kind of seem a little bit more more emotional because it's like you know um you kind of get to see some some characters right um that kind of do bring bring those emotions back so i'm, I'm crying over here i'm tearing up um no i kind of felt the same way i mean um most people are fond of at least parts of their childhood so like anything that can remind you of that just kind of brings those warm comfy emotions of nostalgia i guess i think the word nostalgia literally means like pain of the past or like ache of the past and personally i'm not sure why but i also i always get nostalgic over vine like when i see like really great vines of the past i don't know do you guys feel yes dude vine man the the tiktok the tiktok of today um, of yesterday of, oh yeah yesterday <laughs> sorry I literally follow TikTok accounts that are just <laughs> vines. So definitely, because <laughs> I just want to see the good stuff. <laughs> and that's uh, that's kind of one, one of the questions that I kind of want to bring up uh, with maybe ties up to what Tristan is, uh, we might go into is, is it, is it better or is it worth it? I guess. Um, do we, are we, do we get mad if it's not what we expected? I guess. Um, are you saying, like, like for example comparing like let's say vine versus tiktok right for us vine was again in the past right it's in the past and it could it, you think it's the best thing ever and that's why a lot of people are so against tiktok because it's like nothing will compare to vine but if you were to tell someone that grows up with tiktok right and and you show vine it they're kind of be like well it's the same thing right but you feel more attached to the vine because it's like you were there growing up and you were a part of it right and i guess that's what you see um with um with so many uh remakes of certain things right um and maybe i'm getting ahead of myself trusting you can stop me but for example like nintendo games it's it's a big remake nostalgia kind of kind of style um but you can see nintendo and their games, right? That's kind of what they what they're built on. They usually, if you think about it, there's no. For me personally, there's no like original game from Nintendo other than Mario, right? We always see Mario. Um, you see like Sonic. Um, you see like Mario Party, right? You see a lot of like uh, Smash Bros, like stuff that was so big back then that people love still buying, and it's so rare to see Nintendo come up with a new game. But at the same time, when they do come up with a remake, people get mad that it's not the same, right? Um, so, uh, on the topic of Nintendo, it's like nostalgia sells, but up to a certain point, I guess. Like um, a lot of the time, like there is, sorry, there are like three Alexas talking at each other in my house. It's a little, it's interesting. 
Um, but with like Pokemon remakes and Pokemon games in general, like the game really hasn't changed. And when it has changed, it hasn't changed for the better. Like the 3D versions of the games absolutely suck. I know they just remade, was it Pokemon Diamond? The remake was okay, but like it's not going to be the same as the original. I don't know. I think nostalgia is effective in like marketing and getting people to buy stuff, but it doesn't always like make movies or games or any media better. Which was something I saw. So I kind of based this part of um, like my topic for this week off of this article that was called How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Embrace the Remake. It, like that's, I guess that's the common fear with people. Like are people scared that like the original or like the remakes are going to do something to the original like is it really taking away from the original we talked about nintendo having like mario and all the remakes does like the the 90th iteration of some mario game really take away from that original mario i don't want to mess this up because i feel like people come for me mario 64 whatever the super mario whatever it was that original game like does that make that game any worse or if there's a remake of a movie and like the exact same thing not like a bad sequel which i feel like is kind of different but does the remake of a movie make it any worse and i feel like it doesn't necessarily um and i think there are some interesting qualities to see remakes especially in like movies and things um how do you guys feel um i feel like sometimes it like does i guess it's like a silly thing to get mad about but like it's almost like if a movie was perfect Let's say they they made like remade Back to the Future. Shrek <laughs> Two is a perfect movie. If they ever remake it, I don't know what I'll do. But like Back to the Future, like let's say they remade Back to the Future, I would personally be mad that they would be spending millions of dollars and lots of time and effort to remake something that doesn't really need to be remade. And I think that's where the anger comes from. It's not that it changes the original. It's just like, it's just like, why? Like, other than what Brian mentioned earlier, money. Like, I haven't personally seen the, seen the new Matrix movie. I know it's a sequel, but in some ways it's a remake. But I've heard it's awful. Like, it's a complete cash grab. And I think that's what people get mad about is like the the greed yeah i definitely agree with caleb um i I was gonna say the exact same thing i feel like sometimes they're just at this point just trying to get as much money from that franchise right um instead they could either come up with something like i don't know some different title based on that world right like they could uh, do like a spin-off off back to the future maybe some other character that might have had the same encounter or something like that would be more beneficial but i think in a way sometimes i feel like companies still benefit from the fact of the remake slash nostalgia because it's like you you yourself the person that grew up with that has a kid right um and you kind of want to introduce them to to what you grew up with and sometimes that that kid might not be interested because it's either old or it's not hip or it's not cool or whatever so the best way is just introduce them with the latest with the latest iteration of things for example like um i I mean personally like uh with my little sister uh, she's 13 um i remember introducing her to pokemon right 
I started with Pokemon Red, the original one, and she never liked it because it was not to her standards, right? Because she used to be playing. This was on a Game Boy compared to a, a a DS, which I know might not seem like a big thing now, but it was back then, and maybe you guys can agree on. And she still didn't she didn't like it, and now they remade the, the Pokemon Red. And now it's called Let's Go Pikachu. Uh, for the switch and she likes that one better because that's something that she grew up with the switch right and i think that's why they can take why it's selling it's because you kind of share that experience with your loved one on a newer scale that they grew up with right um for example i feel like if you could say that about tiktok as well um you know if your kids grew up with tiktok and you kind of join in on tiktok instead of talking about vine or something you might be able to fit in a little bit better and I think that's, again, that's why people do the remakes. And maybe that's why, uh, I don't know where I was going with that either. <laughs> I feel you're, I feel your pain, Caleb. No worries. Um, So I guess my question is, what about like, like musicals, for example? Like there's so many re like, you know, people, okay, not musicals, but let's say Romeo and Juliet. There's so many different versions of that. Or like West Side Story or Hairspray. Um, you've mm. seen people redo these, you know, these same stories over and over again. Do you are are those any different? You think? How do you exactly? Uh, I think they are different because plays and musicals aren't they aren't standalone. It's like a framework instead of a standalone piece of art. You know, like remaking the Mona Lisa like pixel by pixel or like I don't know like recreating it isn't like doesn't really add anything to it but with like I said like with plays and musicals it's a framework to try to recreate it and it's a different medium too it's not like you're it's not like you can just boot up I mean you can I guess you can't just drop into Broadway at any time I saw this quote I read this book by Rainer Maria Rilke I, if I butcher the name, please, please make fun of me. Uh, <laughs> but it was a series of letters he wrote to um, this aspiring poet. And the quote is, a work of art is beautiful if it has arisen out of necessity. If it's if a piece of art is necessary and that's how it was created, that makes it beautiful. And he says that like that's the only way you can critique a piece of art and that goes back to like people being angry because it's like was this necessary probably not yeah i definitely agree with caleb on the play thing um and musicals right i mean obviously you can't boot up like caleb said and it's more like it's more like obviously you need new actors the actors get old so um you know they kind of try to uh, fit in whatever um, the best actor is for a play and obviously it's live so it's different because you can't recreate something that is live um now i will say in terms of like movie plays um like for example like annie um you know that's i see west side story yeah um west side story was definitely a a big no-no i guess it bombed the the box box office office box West Side uh, Story. Or Office <laughs> um, but 
maybe because it wasn't re- in regards to nostalgia or maybe because they didn't grow up with musicals like that wasn't you know that's a different type of market um unless it's it could it could have been a, a number of things it could have been the allegations in between the actors it could have been just the way that the movie was presented and maybe that's why it bombed um it could have been a, co- a lot of things but i will say too you you do have a a a good uh remake of the great gatsby right like the great gatsby obviously has its original movie and the original okay. book that is incredible. Uh, um me personally the great gatsby um either or whichever one you go um i think it was good because not only does it still keep the old and maybe we can debate about this caleb um it keeps the old uh, 1920s vibe but with a new with the way of remaking it um in today's in in that time right obviously you have Leonardo DiCaprio which obviously is, I have a huge crush on him um that could, maybe I'm biased um and obviously it has to McGuire so that's another thing too bias um, alert bias. yeah bias you're right stop you're done <laughs> you're done <laughs> uh but th- but those are certain things that kind of sell that movie because you are obviously you know Le- uh, Leo from other movies leading up to that and obviously Tobey Maguire from the Spider-Man role that could make the movie better but it's not always a given though just because you rehire or recast or recast the role that has like some old or, or an actor that has been in popular films doesn't mean it's gonna sell right obviously you see that with West Side Story um, real quick on West Side Story so. <laughs> one of my coworkers, my wife and I work at the same high school. She knows him a little better, but he he said that one of his best friends that and like the first person that he ever did illicit things with was in West Side Story. Um, his name is I don't even want to give it out. I don't want to like give him away, you know, but. He was in West Side Story. He played um, the character Riff. I don't know if you guys are familiar. Uh, I think he's one of Tony's friends, maybe. I don't know. But I just thought that was funny. He's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just he went on about how like whenever the dudes in town, they hang out and stuff like that. Well, I think I think the value of like remakes and stuff, especially with like the arts and movies and things like that and this is one of the things that the article mentioned is that like each of them is like a unique snapshot of like the times and i think that's that's something cool to see or maybe even something important like each of these stories getting reinvented in the context of like society at that time um i think a lot of i mean i think some of the changes for the better sometimes it's interesting to see i think one one of the things i can think more recently is like the um ghostbusters with all the women I didn't really care for that, but it was just this idea of that, like, women can do stuff too. And so you'll see, like, gender dynamics change in older media. And, like, so we might redo something to, like, change those or make those more realistic or more re- uh, relevant to the time. Working environments, um, romantic, like, relationships, those can, you know, change and those vary. You'll see problems with addiction, like mental health. You'll see things of mental health that weren't, you know, a thing back when something was created. So, I mean, I don't really have an strong opinion one way or another on like Leonardo DiCaprio but I mean 
I liked his version of like <laughs> uh, his Ro- Great Gatsby but, and, and Romeo and Juliet when he was in that thing too. The Great Gatsby? Would you like to add anything, Caleb, to The Great Gatsby? Um, I disagree. Partly because I fell asleep whenever we watched it in class in high school, but um, yeah. <laughs> I do think it's interesting to see like a fresh take on a movie. Like you said, Tristan, about like changing the gender, gender identities of the characters or like for example in spider-man i hope this isn't really a spoiler but aunt may kind of takes the place of uncle ben for spider-man in that world yeah so it's interesting to see like what the writers do with it but also i don't know me personally in terms of like remakes if the writers are talented enough to like completely redo a story and have a fresh take they should be talented enough to make something original that people want to see so 100% 100% agree with Caleb. Yeah, I think that's, like, very valid. Um, that's all I really had on that topic. Just nostalgia, why we think it sells, or why we even think it's, like, happening, nostalgia and remakes. I think it's because it sells. And yeah. You want to move on to the next topic? Yeah, I think we have, uh, we have time to talk, talk about Is Cable Dead? Um, it's obviously just kind of recap Back five years ago, cable was around $100, right? Which is crazy to think about because obviously at the time, us personally, five years ago, um, we were just kind of getting, you know, getting started with the world, right? Um, And to pay that amount of money is absurd in in terms of like today's um, cable, right? Um, which is $50, which is kind of crazy that it kind of, that's the average, that it kind of dropped almost 50% uh, in five years. And you could blame, you know, the streaming, but also I feel like we don't need cable anymore. Do you guys agree? Or do you guys disagree? On- um, so I recently just started <clears throat> using YouTube TV and I know Hulu does this as well, but if live TV is offered on streaming services, I don't see the need for cable. <clears throat> but at the same time, I think it has its place in communities that only have like broadband access or like that don't have high speed internet. Um, because in that case, like, I, I guess I don't know how streaming services work. When you have like dial-up or broadband or you know slower internet, but I can imagine that it's still it's still good to have around for those people at least. Yeah, I'm like a strong advocate for cable TV. I just really like it. Um, I feel like I'm out of touch when um, if I all if I was doing with streaming, I do think it's there's something to be said for like streaming services starting to show more live TV. But I mean, for someone who me someone like me who likes to watch the news all the time like i can't get that from a streaming service or it's like more hoops to jump through me turning on the news channel on cable versus trying to find like scrolling through trying to find the live stream that like you know abc or npr or something is having and even then it's going to be like the same thing like on loop every once in a while i don't know i just don't see the point if there was no value to cable tv then why are streaming services 
having live stuff now. Also, I just want to like put something on. I don't want to have to like, be the one to decide. I think that's my only gripe with like streaming services is that like I don't necessarily want to. If I if I start streaming the show, it's because I was watching the show. Kind of like I'm reading a book. I want to know everything that happened. I just want to put something on so I can have it in the background. And I feel like cable TV is good for that because just something is on. I can just put on a you know a show, or I don't have to like go and choose an episode like I would in uh, a, a streaming app. So. I'm kind of the opposite. Like, I almost never watch anything. Like, I read a lot, but, like, I almost never put anything on just for, like, background noise or anything. So, if I am watching something, it's going to be something that I've picked and that I've, like, I feel like every time I watch something, I'm digging through Netflix or Hulu or, I guess, even YouTube to, like, because I'm like, all right, I got 30 minutes, I got an hour. Uh, I'm going to watch this one thing at this time. Um, it's also because I have a two-year-old and I just choose not to stay up late a lot of the time. But yeah, I guess I'm the opposite of Tristan. Big advocate for um, for streaming. If it wasn't for like communities that necessarily need it, which I guess is debatable because we still have like antenna TV, um, then I'd say... Um, you know, kill it. I am on both sides, to be honest. Personally, streaming, I understand, or sorry, I understand Tristan's concern because sometimes we are just so overfilled with with how many channels there are and how many shows there are and what the options are in terms of streaming. You kind of get overwhelmed and you just end up not picking anything. And I, I've been personally, I've been in that road where it's like, I have Disney Plus, you have to have Disney Plus, Hulu, you have YouTube TV or YouTube, uh, Netflix, Amazon Prime, like those main players. And you're like, oh, shoot, which which uh, streaming service should I go to so that I can watch something that might be interesting to me or maybe just as have as background. And it's just hard because it's just so many options. But I will also say that streaming services um, have made it easier for you to kind of take it on the go, right? Which could also could lead to my next point too, is is it? I guess in a way, does it is it beneficial to have streaming on your phone, right? And the reason why I was also bringing up is cable also is it actually dying? Is because we have we're on our phones most of the time, and in terms of like news, me. Personally, I get all my news from either, um, you know, I have an iPhone, so Apple News, and sometimes I get like um, whatever sort of email and kind of gives me like the rundown of the morning. So having streaming on my phone is a little bit easier in terms of like when I'm working because I can just put something on them on a 30 minute break. Um, so that's kind of where, where I was going with um, with that. Right, because we do have our phones to kind of keep us distracted, right? But I could see Caleb um, trying to find something that might be, you know, that might be beneficial or productive if he has thirty minutes. Yeah, um, I think in terms of like streaming on our phones, it is very—I don't even want to say like nice. It's convenient, especially when you have a two-year-old that is in a very bad mood and just wants to watch Moana or Frozen 2. Um, I know every word to both of those. <laughs> but 
I think there was a book written like 15 years ago-ish, 16, called The Paradox of Choice. And the whole argument is that consumer choices can, um, eliminating consumer choices can greatly reduce anxiety for shoppers, consumers. Um, And Brian, I think you kind of touched on that with saying like, there's so many options. What do you choose? And yeah, I just wanted to mention that book, say that it's kind of convenient to have it on your phone when you have a two-year-old, I guess. But personally, I guess I don't really use any streaming on my phone other than like YouTube occasionally. Yeah, so I think I'm one of those people that like that book was talking about, like with the choices, because that's what it came down to for me. I'm like, I don't want to dig through what show do I want to watch? What episode do I want to watch of that show? Do I really want to start from the beginning? I guess I could. It's just I'd rather just like turn on, you know, AT&T and watch something. Um, But I mean, it kind of I don't know. And we talk about like all those different streaming services you have to have. It's almost like like everything was in one place when you bought cable. You had all the channels. Now everything is splitting apart to buy their individual things. And I guess the added benefit or difference between those is like you, you controlling it. So I know a lot of TV I feel like, and maybe this was the precursor. I don't know if this was like the idea for like some of these streaming services, but like they started to have on demand. Like you could start one recording what you wanted to watch. So you can like pause it and rewind it and stuff. And then now you had all these streaming services. So was it better? I'm wondering in my head, excuse me, to buy all these streaming services so that you can watch whatever you want to watch and have, you know, um, access to everything. Or should you just buy cable, have everything and then like have some on demand features. I don't know which is better, but I feel like they could definitely both coexist. Yeah, I mean, you you definitely still see it being bundled with your internet or either cable and internet or even you even see like uh, a home phone too on bundles, especially here like in Ohio, you see a lot of Spectrum, Wow Internet, uh, AT&T still does that. Um, but you see it at a, at a cheaper cost because they know that you're going to be spending most of your time obviously in the streaming sites right and the reason why i'm saying streaming sites is because sometimes we do feel left out when it comes down to streaming size uh streaming site exclusives for example disney plus right you have a lot of exclusives there that you kind of have to subscribe to disney in order for you to watch it for example like you have the new star wars series the mandalorian that was a big thing a couple years ago and everyone was talking about it and if you didn't have disney plus you kind of weren't in the loop and and also with uh for example um you know uh netflix a while back was a kind of took uh kind of took everyone by surprise when they came out with that movie bird box if i'm not wrong is, is that what it's called bird box do you guys remember that and everyone was talking about it and everyone's like oh i need to sign up for netflix because i need to watch that movie because everyone was talking about it in school right um so it kind of just at the same time you kind of feel left out um and it could be different for Tristan, right because he kind of just wants he knows what he wants right compared to other people sometimes we just maybe don't he know doesn't know what he wants maybe that yeah i was yeah. gonna say that <laughs> he does not know what he wants and that's what i was gonna say some people do know what they want and other people do not know what they want and i think it's it's base. it's more for the people that do not know what they want is those streaming sites it's because it's like it's like you have to subscribe to all these to kind of like get get your feet wet a little bit in terms of like uh, hbo max you see it as well um 
you know, you kind of have HBO exclusives, Amazon Prime exclusives. And once you kind of join in there, you kind of are hooked and you're paying $12.99, which in our reality, it's about the same price if you combine all the streaming sites or more um, in terms of like cable compared to five years ago, which was like $100 average. And right now you're paying about the same or more. Um, but I do see, which is my next point, is a bundle of certain things. I was going to mention the bundle too, but... Yeah, so bundles, right? Um, so you see, for example, Disney. Disney became a huge player on the streaming uh, world when they kind of started uh, buying uh, all these little companies and big companies like Marvel especially, uh, which obviously you have the exclusives in terms of the shows from Disney. Uh, but you also saw them buy ESPN, which you kind of you're like Disney buying ESPN, and you kind of wonder, but why, right? But now that they own ESPN, they kind of own almost the whole share of the sports world, right? Because you own, you have what like sports or sorry, uh, Fox Sports, um, and that's about it as far as I think of sports. I think of ESPN and just Fox Sports, unless or CBS Sports, which also is owned by uh, Paramount which also has their own streaming site. So everyone just kind of wants a little take of it. Um, But in a way, is it actually benefiting the consumer or is it just hurting the consumer when they kind of bundle all these things together, right? I think that like, part of me wonders if like, we really need all of these choices because I think it, diminishes the value of watching anything when you have access to everything um like going back to like nostalgia like i remember like pulling out a dvd and popping it in and it being like a special occasion you know watching it with your family but now it's like you can watch anything anytime with anybody anywhere (laughs) so it's like it kind of loses for me like movies unless it's like super great and like I need to see it like I just feel like there's a lot of value lost um but at least we have access I guess yeah I think as far as the bundling and people buying them I I think if their arm is twisted like they're gonna do it like if that you know if that choice is kind of taken away from them they're gonna have to buy it I can attest to like being left out of things because like I don't I don't have a Netflix account it's like usually other people's stuff and i i i don't like i just don't i'm not on netflix that much and so you know you hear all about uh squid games and stuff like that like there's stuff i hear about like i have no idea about i have to go and actively like find it and watch it or whatever i feel so i feel like yes if you want to be informed if you want to have access to that game you know that's only on espn plus like you're going to buy those bundles um if you if you want it and i think if if you if it comes down to it like they're going to do it I feel like I repeat myself four times, but that's... Um, I was just going to say, I think like subscription-based models are like the bread and butter of any product today. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how streaming services influence gaming, video games, and like the metaverse. Um, Because I already know that there's going to be a thousand different ways big companies are going to be able to make money in the metaverse. And I think that a lot of them will do that by way of um, subscription services. Yeah, so obviously you see a lot of subscription-based uh, kind of 
picking up everything is just like five ninety nine, six ninety nine, and it's just easier in a way to just kind of think about that instead of like, hey, would you rather pay, you know, three hundred dollars uh, for all this? And you're like, whoa, you know, I'm not paying three hundred dollars for some service, right? But when you see like. Twelve ninety nine a month, and you're like, oh, okay, that that doesn't sound as bad. I, I have twelve ninety nine, and that's why subscription subscription based um, streaming services are so big because you kind of everything is being split up. So it's it's in a way for you, you think it's less money, um, but I feel like it, it kind of is gonna hurt the consumer at the end of the day. It always does, right? We say that, you know, the customer is always right. But in reality, it's the big corporations that are winning. Uh, for example, um, a personal experience that happened to me was a couple weeks ago. Obviously, I have YouTube TV, and they kind of just out of nowhere pulled all of uh, Disney-owned channels. So, for example, ESPN, ABC, Freeform, all my local channels that were ABC, um, they kind of were pulled, and with no. It came out of nowhere, right? I kind of had to wait a couple days, and I got an email from YouTube TV saying, "Hey, the reason why we had to pull all these channels was because um, YouTube TV slash Google did not come to an agreement with Disney in terms of the pricing that they have to pay per year, right? Um, and therefore, uh, they kind of YouTube ha- kind of had to take a step back and say, "Hey, we're no longer going to charge you this amount of money. We're going to have to de- decrease it." Um, because we no longer have these channels, but sometimes you only have the subscription because of those channels, right? Because it is available to you. So, um, and you, and you're going to start seeing that more and more, um, with, this is not the first time actually with YouTube TV, but this is also not the first time I've, uh, with Hulu. I've also experienced the same thing with Hulu where certain programming was going to disappear because, um, you know, that were taken away to go to a different streaming site. Um, you have uh, the big one, The Office from Netflix kind of got taken away from from there to kind of go to Peacock, which again is also owned by NBC. So in a way, it's, it's hurting the consumer kind of having all these streaming sites. And I understand why Tristan kind of just wants to stick to cable because everything is already there right you still have the old channels that you you're so used to right um and 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 you're like you said earlier caleb maybe they can't coexist maybe or sorry Tristan, whoever said it um you kind you, you can have both of them but i feel like streaming is the next thing and you're also seeing it uh, as well with the gaming uh, especially xbox also has a membership subscription um in terms of like games right um, where you can kind of play the latest game and that have the latest console all through um through online through uh the streaming service right and it's crazy to think about that you're able to stream a game solely through your internet connection Instead of physically having the game and physically having the software, uh, you see that as well with Google Stadia. Google Stadia, um, obviously, it's in the name Google, uh, is attempt to uh, attempt on uh, servicing uh, games. Right? You kind of, if you have the Chromecast, uh, you can kind of just hook up a uh, some sort of controller, and you're able to stream uh, a game like Destiny Two, which is a big game to play on, and just kind of play it at 
regular uh, frames per second, which is a, what is a 60, right? Um, or even up, up to 120 if your TV supports it, which is just crazy to me um, what this, what the next couple of years is going to hold off for. Um, no, I was just going to add, like, you see it with Apple Arcade to... <clears throat> yeah, I was just going to mention Apple Arcade. Yeah, I was surprised because I just got a, um, a Switch Lite for Christmas because I wanted to play Pokemon Brilliant Diamond. Um, uh, it, I was um a victim of the nostalgia trip and bought the remake of this childhood game that i just had to have but um <laughs> but i was surprised that there was like nintendo online or whatever it is like you can pay and get like three months of it because my brother was like oh yeah i didn't know if you're gonna get a, a switch because i could have bought you like some internet like a three month supply and it's like nine dollars or something which is like wow that's cheaper than xbox but the fact that that even exists now like that's news to me um and then also with the cable though they still kind of have some of those like um stations getting pulled because of like disagreements i think because we have at&t and they had some disagreement with like cbs and so the whole channel was taken away um so i you know couldn't watch certain shows couldn't watch certain like live events couldn't watch certain games i'll be streaming on that channel um so i think even wherever there's like a market and multiple entities going at it i think there'll still be that risk of like you know disagreements things getting pulled um kind of like uh, another example of what you were talking about brian was um of with like stuff getting pulled and not being able to access anymore we'll see watching steven universe and like streaming it because it all got put on hbo max so cartoon network and its partnership with hbo max it kind of pulled a lot of that stuff from everywhere else and so now i have to get hbo max if i want to stream any of those things so yeah just other examples i was thinking of as you were talking brian yeah, it's forcing you to get all these subscriptions in order for you to watch something that you you've been watching for for a little bit, right? And and it just it's it, there's no, I guess you're gonna have to get it or else just not do that, right? Not watch it. Um, so I think in the long run, I think me personally, um, it is gonna hurt uh, the consumer at the end of the day. Um, is cable dead? Not at this moment, me personally, I don't think so because obviously it's still popular. Uh, to a certain uh you know a group of people um just like <laughs> yeah at you <laughs> sorry yeah um but those are that's uh i think that's pretty much it about that topic and we can kind of end it there unless you have any final thoughts um i'm good i i think we discussed nostalgia and cable streaming services and uh you know to much as we could yeah nothing for me either i'm satisfied with kind of where we got in these topics yeah same um well if we don't have anything else uh thank you guys for joining today um thank you caleb take thank you tresson for bringing your intellectual beings into this uh, uh podcast today and anyone that joined and thank you again so we'll catch you on spotify <laughs>